Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life.
Mobius came to mind. How to get rid of anger, emotions, Then when you come to know the teachings more, the awareness, the understanding, the wisdom and the compassion become that spaciousness. Spaciousness becomes the nature of your mind. Spaciousness is the natural great peace. The spaciousness is the peace of mind. The spaciousness is the wisdom. Spaciousness is the compassion. you work, 
maybe because of the color of your skin or your immigration status or the language that you speak, whatever it might be, it can be a holdback. Yes, there needs to be a balance. There needs to be some sort of accountability for everyone. Yes, America has given away a lot of things for free, and there are a handful of individuals who have used it and not really taken advantage of it to empower themselves, but rather to maybe more cripple their capacity to do more. But how do you break such cycles? You know, they've been going on for generations upon generations, and individuals have gotten so settled into these cycles, supporting pain and illusion and suffering and racism or prejudice or creating a gap between the haves and the have-nots, we still don't really know how to break the cycle. Now, there's even the cycle of stress and sleeplessness. Can you believe that? And today we have two special guests coming on. You see, social isolation, major losses, and the extreme disruption to life has caused by the pandemic and now the civil turmoil that resulted in some increased levels of stress hormones and various intense emotions, including sadness, fear, worry, anxiety, hopelessness, loneliness, depression, but also a kind of a rage that I haven't heard or seen in people for a long time, over such a long time. We've often thought that you can only be angry for so long, but this anger keeps festering inside of the consciousness, and it keeps getting worse, really. But even what's worse is this rush of emotional turmoil. It's keeping people awake at night, which in turn suppresses their immune systems, making them even more susceptible to maybe the virus and more other things. But we have two experts, Dr. Patrick Wanis and Chris Burris, here today to help us break that cycle of stress and sleeplessness that could so damage our health, especially during these challenging times. Let me tell you a little bit about them. Dr. Patrick Wanis is a renowned human behavior expert who has appeared on news outlets such as CNN, BBC, Fox News, MSNBC, and is recognized for his subcon transformation technique. He'll talk to us about the things that we can do to ease back into peace of mind. And our second guest, Chris Burris, is a scientific researcher who has pioneered the use of an astonishing molecule called ESS60 that has some amazing proprieties which include enhancing sleep and boosting immunity. Today he's here also to relate the shocking story of how this molecule's ability were discovered by a Nobel Prize team and what role he's played in its advancement and what its implications are for human health and longevity. Welcome Dr. Wanis and Chris Burris to America Meditating Radio. How are you guys doing? Great. Thank you very much for asking. You're welcome. Are you both on today? Yes, Chris should be here. Yes, I am here. I have my phone muted. Oh, okay. Hi, Chris. Welcome. So glad to have you. Hi, Sister Jenna. Thank you for having us. Hi. So we've been hearing a lot of news and seeing a lot of images of America going through a great transformation. How are you both feeling witnessing that? I feel like I'm working very hard to find the silver lining in everything that's going on, and there certainly are some things to be grateful for. There's certainly a lot of things to be concerned about, but I tend to focus as much as possible on the positive. So let me just add one. I'm very happy I'm spending more time with my family now. Yeah, many of us are. And you? Well, I think there's a mixture of emotion. You know, there's sadness, there's fear, there's concern. 
there's uncertainty, and then, of course, there's a sense of gratitude knowing that I'm safe. If you individually are safe and you feel safe, that's great. So there's a mixture of emotions. I also take the time to reflect inward and ask myself, you know, this is a time to reevaluate. What am I doing? How am I doing it? Am I doing things the right way? Is there something else I could be doing? So the greatest opportunity for growth is when you're faced with challenges. Yes, very true. So tell me, how did both of you actually come together? I mean, how did a scientific researcher and a human behavior expert end up joining forces. Was that, like, planned? If it was planned, it wasn't us. But um, <laughs> <laughs> We've been friends for a very long time, so we're in constant contact. And when the pandemic broke out, we identified the challenges that every single one of us is facing. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. You're not immune from it in some way or another. You're impacted. So we said, how can we help people? Because people are struggling to sleep. People are struggling with emotions. There's grieving, there's sadness, there's fear, there's depression. How can we help people? Recognizing, too, that when you are going through these intense emotions and when you're not able to sleep, it also lowers your immune system. In fact, stress suppresses your immune system. So he said, what can we do to help people? And we came up with three simple strategies. One is I wrote and recorded an audio book, Neutralize the Seven Emotions That Are Holding You Hostage Right Now, and we're giving that away for free to your audience. And I also created something I think that you would particularly love, Sister Jenna, since your focus is on meditation. I created a guided meditation, not just to put you in a state of peace and calm, but also to redirect some of the thoughts and also to help you release emotions. So we did that, and then we said, look, let's give people some practical tips on sleep. And then, Chris, I think you might have mentioned in the introduction, he's been involved in this Nobel Prize-winning molecule since 1991 that actually helps people to sleep and boost your immune system. So we said, well, that's probably the best way we can combine forces and help people. Beautiful. Chris, what was it like for you connecting with Dr. Wannis? Well, as he mentioned, we've been friends for a very long time, and he has definitely supported me in my journey of delivering value to people, and I've supported him in his journey. It's been just such a, a great relationship, and I've been privileged to have him in my life from the perspective of he's got this SRTT process, Subconscious Rapid Transformation Technique, and I've been able to overcome challenges basically any time in my life when I stop and I ask this question, Am I achieving what I want to achieve? And if I'm not, have I given it a sufficient time? If First off, is it reasonable, right, like not flying without wings? <laughs> it would be something that I don't need Patrick's help to not achieve. <laughs> is it reasonable to achieve? Have I given it enough time? And if I have those two things, then really there's some sort of internal block, and I'm able to go to him in one, you know, an hour and a half SRTT session and really get rid of that block and move on, and it's kind of, what has put me in the place where I can be on your show and deliver value to lots of people. And so it's an amazingly good relationship. We're also working on a book. The title of the book we think will be Reinvent Yourself as if you're going to live forever because you might. And that kind of comes out of the molecule that I've been working with since 1991. But I like that, Chris, as if you're going to live forever because I believe the soul being energy, it does carry on. It moves on and on. And so what if I am going to live for quite a long time? And it's not just 50, 80, 60 
you know, years, but it's going to be for a while as I continue to move on and maybe change my costume called the body and end up in another one and continue with the story. I want to be happy. I want to be strong enough to deal with the events that will emerge in my life that will test me to maybe acknowledge that I'm stronger than I really believe. Dr. Wanis, you had mentioned about your book that you were offering our audience as a gift. Thank you so much. And you did mention about seven emotions that are there or their emotions that are holding us hostage. Would it be possible for you to share a little bit about what these emotions are and in what way you consider that they're holding us back or disrupting our sleep? Yes, and I think we can all relate to the top two. The first is fear and anxiety. When the pandemic occurred, when it first broke out, I think all of us were in such shock. So our immediate response is fear. And then we become anxious because we realize our world is out of control and we're not sure how to respond. And anxiety is exacerbated by the attempt to try to control things that you can't control. And so I actually teach people with regards to fear and anxiety, get clear about what is within your control and what is not within your control. Place all of your emphasis and focus only on the things you can control and practice accepting the rest. I also include in my audiobook various exercises, meaning actionable steps you can take to overcome fear and anxiety. And one of those is to practice deep breathing. And I think your audience will understand this or appreciate it because you promote meditation. And if you practice slow, gentle, deep breathing in and out, You're engaging the vagus nerve and the parasympathetic nervous system, so you're actually calming your body. Rather than getting into the fight-or-flight response, we want to go into the opposite. I think the second biggest emotion that we're all experiencing is some form of grief, usually sadness or sorrow, and that's because as soon as there's a dramatic change in any area of your life, as well as loss, you're going to experience grief. So sometimes even if a relationship ends, and there's a part of you that says, I'm so happy that relationship ended, it wasn't going well, or it could have even been a job. Even though there's that emotion, maybe a sigh of relief, there's still a sense of sadness because something's ended. So dramatic change does trigger grieving. So I talk a lot about sadness and recognizing, well, what are the things that you believe you've lost? And for some people, it may not be something right now. It could have even been an opportunity. Obviously, you know, for college students, They didn't get to graduate in front of their peers. Other people lost opportunities for future work or future career. We've all lost something. You know, some people lost finances, some people lost jobs, some people lost career. Some of us just lost connection in the sense of, you know, if you're going to an office and you've got a group and a team that you work with, and now for three months you haven't been there, you've lost that circle, that tribe, that family that you had. So there are many areas in which we do experience loss and grief. And I think Chris mentioned gratitude. One of the things that I do teach is write out a list of everything that you believe you've lost. Write out a list of everything you're remaining with. Focus now on what can I be grateful for. And again, focus on what is within my control and what is outside of my control. So that's some of the steps. And again, these are the top two of the seven emotions which I list in my audio book along with action steps and a couple of transformational exercises. And there are specific steps on grieving. Again, I'm giving that audio book and the meditation to your audience for free. Thank you so much. Chris, do you have any advice on how people could impact their sleep 
especially during these times, like what steps can they take to find sleep? And the irony, I did, you know, that DNA test. I was at the White House for an event. It was during Obama's administration. And LeVar Burton and a whole bunch of us are there, Valerie, to do a screening of Roots, which was redone. And after that, mm-hmm. we were given a DNA test. I think it was 23andMe is the name of it. And I took my mm-hmm. DNA testing. And it revealed things that I didn't even know. But then I realized, oh, my gosh, it's right. One of the things that came out of my DNA testing is I don't sleep deeply. And I've always been a very light sleeper. But it actually said that what it saw was that I'm not a deep sleeper. Sleep is not a very deep thing for me. And I was astonished by that. Is that possible? Can somebody be wired to actually not be a deep sleeper? Because my DNA came back and said this. I have the proof. (laughs) It's in my documents here. Well, I think absolutely that's possible. I mean, you've got this piece of data. certainly know that there's so much variation in people. Typically, people talk about, oh, I don't need that much sleep. And I think the statistic is something like 1% of the population actually doesn't need seven to nine hours of sleep, what's called sleep opportunity. They can actually get away with five hours of sleep every night. Just know that the chances that it's you, you need to know 99 people for whom that's not true in order for that to be you. So genetics absolutely plays a part in sleep. There's no doubt about it. I haven't done 23andMe. I'd actually be interested to find out what would come from that genetic analysis. It would probably say that I need more sleep than most. I feel (laughs) like I'm a light sleeper with a really good ability to go back to sleep. Things can wake me up easily at night, and then I'm actually able to quickly assess it and go, okay, it was a bump in the night, no big deal, go back to sleep, or, you know, intruder, get up and do something about it. (laughs) So my ability to fall asleep is pretty solid, so I'm good. And even though I've got a really good ability to go to sleep, even I've struggled during these times. Since the lockdown, we're all under stress. Patrick talks about the emotions. His book, Neutralize the Seven Emotions, that are holding you hostage right now. Phenomenal book. We're actually giving it away. You don't need to give us an email or anything. We'll get that link to you a little bit later. He talks about all these emotions, and these emotions actually can cause you to stay awake. And then when you stay awake, you get up the next day not having the sleep that actually prepares you to handle your emotions for the next day. You're not ready. Your brain is not ready to process and handle these emotions. And I call it this just horrible emotional sleep spiral. So I want to give you very specific, tangible things that you can do to make sure that you're getting a good night's sleep. And they all have to do with sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene is a a wonderful phrase which talks about the habits and practices you have relating to sleep to help you ensure that you get a good night's sleep. And the first one, it relates to naps. So a lot of us are home more than we've ever been, and maybe we're having lunch on the couch, and the couch is very comfortable, and we're taking naps. By the way, don't feel bad about taking naps. Data on taking naps is substantial and concrete and says that taking naps is actually good for your emotional and cognitive processes later into the day. So feel free to take those naps. Just make sure that those naps are limited to 30 minutes or less. If you've got to set an alarm or whatever you have to do, anything over 30 minutes is going to disrupt your sleep that night. Also, make sure you're not taking any naps after 4 p.m., because, again, that will also interrupt your sleep. Yes, so definitely. nap's good, wrong type of nap, wrong time, not good. 
Yeah, and the irony is sometimes yeah. my only window is usually between 4 and 6, and I have to do a live show at 6.30, and it becomes kind of tricky, guys, when I find that I really yeah. need to take a power nap, and I go to lie down from 4 to 5, and then at nine ten o'clock, yeah. I'm a little bit struggling. Come on, Jen, go to sleep, go yeah. to sleep. I agree with you on that one. Okay, so you're a unique situation, right, where you've got to perform at 6. What I would say is, yes, take that nap because apparently you need it, and it will help you perform. Just cut it at exact, not even 30 minutes, at exactly 20 minutes. So start the stopwatch, close your eyes, 20 minutes later, get up and move around. Because really that late in the day, 20 minutes, you can probably get away with. Why is 20 minutes a big number? Because I've heard this before that if you go deeper beyond 20 minutes of sleep, you get into like another delta wave? Yeah, you're exactly right. You get into a deeper sleep. It's actually harder to wake you up after that. There's times when you've had a nap and you wake up and you feel super refreshed and ready to take on the rest of the day. And there's other times where you've taken a nap and you wake up and you're like, I just would like to go back to sleep. I really don't want to do my 6 o'clock show. I wish I didn't have that so I could go back to sleep. And that's usually an indication that you've gotten too much sleep, that you've allowed yourself to enter into a deeper sleep, and that's what you want to avoid. And that's what that 20 minutes will keep you out of it, allow you to get some restful, relaxing sleep, and then keep you out of the deeper sleep that's going to make you groggy for the rest of the day got two more. The next thing to really take care of, a lot of us don't realize this, and everyone has one. We all have a cell phone or a tablet. Certainly, we're working on computers, or what a lot of us don't realize is that those devices emit blue light, and the blue light that they emit confuses our brain and convinces us, really, that it's like high noon in the day. So, if you think about a circadian rhythm, this is the rhythm that our body naturally follows to try and get sleep at the right time. The sun rises, your body's like, hey, it's time to get up and time to get to work. As the sun is setting, your body's going, it's time to start thinking about sleeping. It's time to start relaxing and getting ready for sleep. At that peak in the middle of the day is when the sun is giving off or when we see the most blue light. All of these electronic devices give off blue light and it tricks our circadian rhythm into thinking it's noon. So you may be working on your computer at 10 p.m., and you feel like you're wide awake and could keep on working, the problem is is that blue light's coming in and totally interrupting your circadian rhythm. So there's features on most phones, on iPhones, it's called Night Shift. Android has like Comfort View and Blue Light Filter. We recommend that you use that feature and start it at least one hour before sunset so that you're really making sure that you're not tricking your brain. I know that Dr. Wallace actually leaves his blue light filter all the time unless he's working on graphics where obviously you want to have the appropriate colors. He's got his blue light filter on all the time, and that's a good idea. The other thing with electronic devices, it's actually really a good idea, and I'm sure you would appreciate this, Sister Jenna. If you're about to meditate, you really should keep your electronic devices away from you. Well, the same is actually true when you're sleeping, when you're about to sleep. Don't charge that device next to your bed. Turn that device off one to two hours before you go to sleep. Charge it out in the hall or in the kitchen or away from you because that's just going to keep your brain activated and you want to have this sleep hygiene process. And the last one, this one upsets some people and some people doesn't matter. It's related to alcohol. A lot of people believe that if they have one or two drinks before they go to sleep that they actually go to sleep 
faster. Really what alcohol is is a sedative and it knocks you out. It doesn't help your sleep. It actually negatively impacts your sleep. There's a lot of data on drinking a glass of wine or having a relaxing drink. You want to do that at least one and a half hours before you're going to sleep so your body has the opportunity to metabolize that alcohol. There's a book called Why We Sleep, fabulous book about why we sleep and what happens when we don't sleep. And it talks about the $2 billion quote-unquote sleep aid industry. And alcohol works the same where you take it right before you go to sleep. It actually knocks you out. So when you wake up, you don't have this desire to sleep. That kind of feels refreshing. But what hasn't happened is you haven't got the healing, emotionally, mental, and physical healing sleep that you need. We're all familiar with REM. There's another deep sleep called NREM, and those two sleeps are necessary for mental, so your cognitive ability, storing the things that you learn during the day so that you have them available the next day, and also your emotional healing. So when you take this alcohol or sleep aids, you're actually interrupting your sleep, which is interesting, the molecule we're about to talk about. People who take that report, taking it in the morning, they report mental focus and energy during the day and then better sleep that night. It's actually doing something at a more core level. It's not just knocking you out, which is actually dangerous. I do very much wish that I was aware of this and had gotten my dad off of the sleep aids that he was using prior to him passing. I can relate to that because my mother, too, is on that path. I want to get to Dr. Wynes, but before I do, I know that you've been involved in a study to verify the positive impact the My Vital C formula has on sleep. Could you give us some information on that? Yeah, absolutely. I really believe I never intended to be a supplement person. I think most supplement people get there one of two ways. They either wake up and they want to be wealthy and they decide they're going to sell supplements. And I have no problem with anybody being wealthy. It's just not how I ended up with a supplement. The other is, and I find this more often, somebody has had a physical challenge or the physical challenge of a loved one, and they solved it through supplementation, and so they're out to save the world. And hopefully it doesn't surprise you. I have no problem with people saving the world. It's just not how I ended up here. I've been manufacturing this raw ingredient, this ESS-60, since 1991, and in a study in 2012, they thought it might be toxic. Instead of being toxic, it actually helped the rats live 90% longer, the single longest longevity experiment on them in history, and they also died without tumors. So I've been working with that since 1991, and like I said, what people are reporting is that they're getting better sleep, first off, mental focus and energy during the day, and then better sleep at night. That's good to know. I think we are very sleep-deprived in America, especially because we don't have a siesta like many other countries do. And I think yes. it's impacting our emotions. Dr. Wanis, I want to come to you now because the whole area of emotions is huge. I feel it comes from the deepest resources of the soul. And I believe that we are souls and the soul is in the body and the soul is sending the messages to the body. And so based on how it's interpreting everything, it can be emotional or it could be just very practical or logical. It depends on what quality of thoughts we feed, but what's the intention and the motive in these thoughts that we feed. When we look at the impact of a lack of sleep on the human body and the immune system, it can attract a lot of illness. COVID-19 is no less. What are some of your 
suggestions that can really help us to understand why we need to begin to sort ourselves out from inside out. I think it's quite simple because every one of us recognizes we have a thought and that thought creates an emotion. So if you have fearful thoughts, you're going to experience fear within your body. If you have angry thoughts, you're going to experience anger in your body. Now that's speaking philosophically. Another way to put it is when you start to become extremely afraid or you feel that there's a threat, there's some sort of danger lurking, your body automatically goes into fight or flight response. The first thing it does is it suppresses the immune system and it releases various painkillers in your body. All the blood rushes to the outer, to the exterior, to your legs, to your fists, to your arms and hands, because it wants you to be able to run, to either flee from the danger or to fight and protect yourself against the danger. That means your blood pressure raises, your heart beats faster, your cortisol levels are raised, and all of that is fantastic and necessary when you need to flee or respond to danger. When you're in a constant state like that, in a chronic state, then imagine that for a long period of time, your body is suppressing its own immune system because it believes you are in constant danger. When you're in that heightened alert state for a long time, there's no way you can sleep. And when you can't sleep, again, your immune system is further impacted. You talk there about the soul and the link between the soul and the body and the mind and what we're experiencing. And I would, in response, say, become aware of what's unresolved within you. For many people, for all of us, I think we've been experiencing some form of grieving in response to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And that same pandemic has also created a way or has triggered rather unresolved grieving and unresolved issues the fact that we were forced to stay at home and face ourselves and not be able to continually distract ourselves from ourselves forced us Mm -hmm. to look inwards and so we look inwards or suddenly we realize why am I so tired is it just because I'm tired because things are shut down I had clients say to me well some days I don't want to get out of bed And what I'm pointing out to them is that it's not always directly what's happening around you. It's the fact that what's happening around you is triggering unresolved issues or unresolved grief or incomplete communications. Maybe you never cried over a former relationship or maybe you never really dealt with it. Some of us, particularly because of our Western culture, believe that we must be happy 24 hours a day. And if we're experiencing a negative emotion of any kind, what we've labeled to be negative, that it's really bad. But sadness, anxiety, guilt, fear all have their place. In what way? I mean, if we keep having them over and over again, Dr. Wynas, America hasn't had a break. Right. So you're saying exactly what I'm saying. So let's look at two key points here. First, I said that these emotions have a place. You need to have fear. Otherwise, you would walk straight into traffic. You would never lock your doors. You would take extreme risks. So fear is appropriate, not constant fear. Is guilt a bad thing? No, it's not, because your conscience is what creates guilt. So if you know you've wronged someone, your conscience says, feel guilty because you've actually hurt this person. Let's say you stole, you lied, or you cheated, or you betrayed, or you didn't fulfill a promise or an obligation. Then guilt is appropriate. Now the big question is, and this is what you were saying, America's been experiencing it for a long time. The point is, how do you respond to the guilt, the fear, the anger? Is it actually supporting and empowering you? 
Now you've got people who are very angry, and so they're going and protesting. Then you've got people who are taking that anger and using it for an opportunity to either harm or to steal or to loot. That's a completely different point. Again, what I'm saying here is it's not about the emotion. It's about how you respond to the emotion, whether you keep feeding that emotion. It's whether you use that emotion as a bridge or as a mirror to say to you, I need to change what I'm doing. So if I suddenly recognize, wow, I'm lonely. Okay, is it lonely because of the pandemic? And then you go a little deeper and you go, well, no, I've always been really alone. So now you say, I'm feeling more alone because this has triggered the deeper loneliness, my deeper totally disconnection. Agree. So it's interesting because Buddhists or Buddhism doesn't actually label emotions as positive and negative. It talks about agitative emotions, which are the ones that we call negative and again, if you stain them for too long, they're bad. Let me put it this way. If you or whoever's listening to the show have a loved one and someone was attacking that loved one, what would you do to protect them? You would get up and you would fight and you would do whatever is necessary to protect that person. Let's imagine you've got a child and someone's attacking that child. You're not going to imagine the attacker in a golden light of love. You're going to pull up that anger to step in and protect the person to protect the child. Once you've protected the child, you take the child away. If you then say, now I'm going to beat up that person that was attacking my child, now you're going into revenge and rage. So again, all of these emotions have a place. And I believe it was Socrates who talked very specifically, even about anger, who said that anger needs to be directed at the right person, at the right time, with the right amount, in the right context. In other words, every emotion can be appropriate if it's used appropriately and if you understand what's happening and if you're not out of control. And again, do we say to people, no, don't protest? Because what's protest? Where's the emotion of protest coming? The protest is for justice. Well, justice is what? Is it coming from a place of anger? It can't be coming from a place of love when you're screaming out and saying justice, justice, justice. I don't believe that's necessarily a place of love. I think that's a place from anger, but it can be justified by saying it's needed anger because how else can you make change? Sometimes you need anger to make change. So again, it depends on the context. Would you agree with what yeah. I said? A hundred percent. And even with the rioters, I would put them in a completely different category than those who are out protesting where there are some emotions some are just walking, some are chanting, but the rioters are from a completely different standpoint. People that are either yeah. anarchists or they're just looking for an opportunity to steal yeah. or they're thieves. Yeah. A group of people who actually did get arrested for trying to blow up ATMs. They weren't interested in justice for no. George Floyd. They were saying, mm -hmm. how can we use this as a way to make money? So you, you had a guy that actually killed himself trying to blow up an ATM. He wasn't blowing up the wow. ATM to make a statement about racial injustice he was doing it because he wanted to steal so you've got to look at it and say there's some people who have agendas that have nothing to do with love and peace and justice and equality yeah i always think they're the ones that got paid to really go out there and create trouble it just doesn't make any sense that at such a time with so much going on that people would even go there but then again if we're all different and we're all working through our stuff and so no judgment just wishing there was more peace and harmony. Brothers, I would love for you to share your final remarks or advice to our amazing listeners. 
what would you tell them to do to make their lives healthier, less driven with blockages or stuff that's holding them back, and helping them to get better sleep, and where they can get your wonderful free ebook? Well, if I just give you a couple of quick points, and then Chris will share with you the link where they can get the free audiobook and meditation. The thing that I always teach people is look for where in your life do you need to engage forgiveness? Who do you need to forgive? Often we need to forgive ourselves. We need to forgive the people around us. And for what can you be grateful for? So it's about accepting your emotions. It's okay to feel whatever you feel. Identifying how your thoughts are triggering certain emotions. Practicing forgiveness, forgiveness of self and others. And then expressing gratitude and appreciation for what you do have. Beautiful. Yeah, and so what I would suggest is, yeah, use this link. And here's the link. Let's get this out right now. It's myvitalc.com forward slash America Meditating. So we've kind of given you a URL that's specific to your show. And they can go there. Again, it's 100% free. It's a gift from Patrick and I to your audience so that they can work on getting better sleep and managing the emotions that are so troubling right now. Uh, What you'll find on that page, Patrick creates a wonderful newsletter every week. puts a lot of effort into it. It's beautifully written, so you should go to his website. There is a link at that link. Again, that link is myvitalc.com forward slash America Meditating. And at that link, you can connect with Patrick. Make sure you sign up for his free newsletter. You know, we're getting some pretty fabulous testimonials from our customers. I wasn't supposed to be a supplement guy, so I just share them. I'm trying to be a good steward of this. There's a link to go to our homepage. If you want to try the product, we've actually made a coupon code for your audience. The coupon code is also America Meditating, and that will get them $15 off. What I suggest is we've got individual bottles where you can get on subscription, and you can cancel a subscription at any time. It's got a 25% discount on subscription, so make sure you take advantage of that subscription and get the product at that 25% discount, the $15 off with that coupon code. And again, that coupon code is America Meditating. Beautiful. I can't wait to give it a try myself. Brothers, thank you so much. You've been so informative and just love your energy, and I hope to have you back that we can be speaking more about just the better times in our world <laughs> and that there aren't a of lot course. of stuff going on with us. I would really love that. Anyway, thank you once again. Be safe, and we'll keep you posted. All the best. Great. Thank you. You're thank welcome. You, Take good care. Bye-bye. Wonderful. Now we don't have to struggle with not sleeping so much. Oh, God. I can't wait to take some of Wannis and Chris's stuff. I don't like sleeping. This is my problem, right? I don't like it. That makes it worse, the fact that my DNA says you're not supposed to sleep much. I don't know what is worse, but I'm going to have to get my act together on that one. And also to really look at these emotions that are holding us back, everyone. Life is meant to live. And like Chris and Patrick were saying, they're working on something what if. What if we actually live forever? How? Would we do it? How would we invest in our lives if we were really going to live forever? Creates a whole different story. Hope you enjoyed our chit-chat. Listen, for more information from these amazing two great people, go to myvitalc.com. And if you'd like the free download for the meditation and the audiobook, go to myvitalc.com forward slash America Meditating. Their products look great. Just looking at it, it looks really good.
Now look, remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. And I'm pleading with everyone, please do your traffic control. Pause every hour on the hour to hold a moment of peace for yourself and for this country and, of course, the world. It can't hurt. It can't hurt. It will help in one way or the other. Here's The Rose by Kristen Offman. Take care, everyone. Sister Jenna, you've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. 
You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.